Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another special edition of the Christian Rebellion. What's so special about it? I don't know. We'll have to find out and make some excuse for... It's special, okay? Yeah, it's special. We No, no Christian Rebellion podcast is exactly like the other. Exactly. So they're all special in that special <laughs> kind of way. My but name if, is Ash Green. But if they're all special, then doesn't that mean that none of them are special because they're all alike in their specialness? That's not how it works. <laughs> and I'm Jackson Farrell, <laughs> being contentious as always. All right. That too is a joke. <laughs> it, it wasn't funny. We're going to have to cut that out. Yeah, uh, fair enough. No, I'm too lazy. All right. So how was your week? It was all right. I've been uh, making time for Jessica Jones. <laughs> you know, the, the episodes are so long i really have to like i have to plan it into my schedule almost yeah all those kind of netflix shows are really yeah and i guess the ranch isn't that bad yeah and like there's there's a part of me that kind of is like maybe i should talk about something else that i've been doing through my week because like jessica jones is you know not everyone is going to get something enriching out of it and Sure they will. David Tennant's in it. <laughs> okay, there you go. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but Man, like, there was one point, like, David Tennant did a fantastic job, but there was one line that just completely pulled me out of the entire show. And I was just like, that's the doctor. <laughs> I can't remember what the line was, but it was just like, he's not a killer, he's the <laughs> doctor. doctor. <laughs> oh, but that, that show really is dark, though. I mean, sometimes I get done with an episode... I just, I just want to give Jessica Jones a hug, and right? Like, but then she'd punch you. Yeah, she, like I don't need that. Get away from me. Yeah, just, just shove me into the, the garbage. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. How, how was your week? Uh the, the we we went a week. They just seem to disappear, man. I was mostly sick all week. Did a did a couple of projects yesterday. You gotta love how that. Uh, I helped my mom out with some uh, uh, construction. We'll call it plumbing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's always funny, especially with plumbing. But um, she's like, "Oh, how long do you think it'll take?" It seems like a pretty simple job. I'm like, "Yeah, that's what most construction slash." any kind of this type of plumbing job seems like it seems really simple on the surface eight hours later i think i'm gonna quit for the day i'll be back tomorrow (laughs) isn't that everything we do uh i mean it can be yeah there's like editing jobs that it's like oh this should be really easy what is that what how do i get that how do they oh no (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's all right i just gotta write a simple little bit of code my code doesn't work and i don't know why and then it starts working so all of a sudden it's my code works and i don't know why (laughs) even going to the grocery store it's like i had five items on my list why is this taking 45 minutes oh that's usually not me when it's any kind of shopping especially after like amazon has shown up and all that any kind of shopping it's just like i got what i want and i'm out because i hate being there I'm I'm already mad that I couldn't buy it online when I'm there. <laughs> well, it's comforting to know that at least one thing in this world does not expand beyond all estimated time consumption. <laughs> I mean, it's when I when I need food and I don't know what I want to eat, then it gets depressing and then I end up slowly just moving my way to the freezer aisle because I'm hungry now and since I took so long trying to figure out what I want, now I, I don't have time to cook something. It's going to be warming something up, and I'm stuck in the freezer aisle where they don't have what I want, mm-hmm. uh, even though I don't know what I want. <laughs> oh 
every now and then it'll be like, oh, this sounds good. Let's go to where those are. Well, those don't exist here. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not changing stores. You know, and if I'd changed stores or something else, I would have gotten what I wanted, gotten home, been able to cook. And the amount of time that it took me to find that freezer thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's my problem. I shouldn't shop hungry. Oh, see, that that occasionally gets worse, though, because all of a sudden there's a point where you're shopping hungry and everything sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I have this barbecue and these cheese sticks look good. Oh, fries. Oh, you know what sounds good? <laughs> barbecue chips with that barbecue. You know what goods, goes good with cheese? This stuff. You're checking out. It's like, oh, man, Um, I guess I have two meals, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I combine this stuff, they're not even really meals. They're just a bunch of food that sounded good at that time. They don't even go together. <laughs> Yep. All right, so media minded. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you have something for that, or should I go first? Go ahead. Okay. Well, the uh, WVXU slash WMUV fun drive was uh, this past week. That's the local uh, public radio stations that do the NPR broadcasts and the local features as well. And I gave, and I'm proud of myself for that. I think uh, I think it's a great service, and like I think everyone's lives would be enriched if they listened to public radio more often. Mm, I think you should have donated your funds from that to Radio U. I'm just saying. Well, maybe I should do that too. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, but <laughs> like my dad got me um, on on the you know he got me hooked on NPR uh, when I was in uh, high school. Um, he would drive me and my brother to. Um, to the school and every morning he'd be playing you know NPR catching up on the news and like eventually um, that I guess it when I started driving myself to work you know um, after I got a job and everything I started listening to it myself and like I, I really feel like it keeps me up to date on things and enriches my life with good information so, um, this is me just, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but, um, yeah, plugging, plugging National Public Radio. Listen to it. It's good. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> this, this medium minded was, uh, yeah, I, I kind of co-opted that one. I just, just stole it, used it for my own sinister purposes. <laughs> Uh, what if what have you got? Uh, there's a lot of good stuff that uh, kind of came out this week uh, in media news. A couple of reboots that actually sound kind of fun to me. Um, actually, most of this is reboots. Now that I'm even looking at the sports news, um, Ryan Reynolds is going to star in a new Clue reboot. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch the old movie? No. Oh, it's fantastic. The list of actors and actresses that are in that are all um fantastic and just it was a great comedy about murder (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh what was kind of fun about the the original movie when it was released it was um it had like four different endings if i remember right Ooh, yeah and so the different theaters had the different endings and so you'd Mm -hmm. have to go to the different theaters and watch it again if you wanted to uh see all the different endings um, if I remember right, the DVD copy that I have has, um, uh, like, 
a choice, if I remember right, at the end of it, which one you mm-hmm. wanted to see. The VHS, I absolutely loved because that was the first version of it that I ever saw. And they crammed all of them together with like a silent movie, black and white, um, mm-hmm. that, um, uh, whatever it's called, the black and white, like, uh, cue cards, the wrong word stuck in my head. Yeah, now. Like the... But, uh, it basically said, that's how it could have ended. Then another, you know, one phases in, how about this? Mm-hmm. And then they show one of the, another one of the endings or how about this? Okay, now then, how about this one? (laughs) (laughs) Just went through several different uh, endings. Uh, Tim Curry was in it. Madeline Kahn was in it. Aline Brennan was in it. Christopher Lloyd. Michael Keaton. uh, Martin Mull. Um, There were, I don't know, just absolutely hilarious. A quick little scene where somebody gets murdered. uh, The power goes out. There's a lot of running around. Like, it's a comedy. Like, there's a great Tim Curry movie or er, moment where he's yelling and stop shouting. I'm not shouting. Okay. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. And then gets in the head with a counter- candlestick. Um, and like the a door swings open and you see it's singing telegram. I am your singing telegram. Gunshot goes off. She just falls door shuts. <laughs> that I, I don't know. That's that's had me laughing for years. That scene is still absolutely hilarious. Um, but, see, I don't know. I, I feel weird about that one, though, that Ryan Reynolds is going to be starring in it somehow. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's got to be vastly different, I think. Maybe like, a, and this could be on the heels of how successful Jumanji was, um, mm-hmm. that they're considering redoing Clue the movie. So I don't know if it's going to be a comedy, serious, or what. And Ryan Reynolds, to me, like, I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, but they're so hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I first saw him in Van Wilder back when I was in college, and somebody said, Hey, dude, it's you. I'm not sure if I should brag about that, but we watched that movie, and it was <laughs> like, See, I told you, X, just like you, man. Um, and then, you know, but he's in Deadpool's absolutely amazing movie. But then there's, like, this, this period between, like, a bunch of these successful uh, Ryan Reynolds movies and the movies that he's knocked for like Green Lantern and, um, uh, Turbo. Was that the animated movie? Like a a lot of these flops right before, um, Mm -hmm. that, and there were, I mean, there were a couple of them in there. There was a, a Denzel, was it Denzel Washington? I think he did it with, um, I can't remember the name of it now. Oh, well, uh, oh, safe room. That was good. Everybody loved him in Wolverine as Deadpool, which kind of brought him back up. The proposal he was really successful in. But then, like I said, there's like so many just of these roles that he had in between that were just like, uh, like buried. Mm-hmm. Where the, the whole movie he's buried or um, the one where he's like a, an undead. Uh, um, undead. Detective. Mm-hmm. Not really undead, but he died, and then he's the R.I.P.D. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I'm I'm nervous about this Clue film. I think is all I'm saying in that long rant, where it just <laughs> like I have there's such a warm place in my heart for the old school Clue movie that I know I'm gonna go into this one with hate, even though it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honest. I, I should be I should be less apologetic about my 
little, my own rants because I'm pretty sure you ranted about Kluver twice the time I really <laughs> ranted about NPR. Well, um, get it all out there. Mighty Ducks. All the time. Uh-huh. Mighty Ducks is getting rebooted. Did you know that? Hmm, no. Uh, it looks like the, the only thing that I know about that one as well is just that it's being rebooted as a television series. Hmm. And I'm a little bit excited and a little bit fearful because the one of the main reasons you can't get a, a hockey movie done in Hollywood is Hollywood, like, uh, executives get something stuck in their head. And just from interviews that I've heard, that's what's stuck in their head is Mighty Ducks 3. Mm-hmm. Because it did so poorly in the box office. Well, that's a horrible series, you know. Oh, we don't, yeah. You know, even though people have wanted to do even more of those movies or different hockey movies, it, it always mm-hmm. runs into that. There was a Kevin Smith interview. I brought him up like every other week, I swear. There's a Kevin Smith interview where he's trying to make this uh, movie or TV show or something called Hit Somebody, and he calls up Jerry Bruckheimer, who's a very um, famous producer. He produced, like, the uh, all the CSI shows. He produced, um, oh, shoot, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, mm-hmm. just uh, at the time this phone call was made, most powerful person at Disney, <laughs> you know. Mm. And uh, Kevin Smith gave him the script, and Bruckheimer looked at it, and he's, he goes, this is like the best thing you've ever written. This is fantastic. And uh, Kevin Smith is like, well, I didn't call him for money, but maybe I can get some money out of him. Know anybody that would help me make it or whatever, you know? And uh, Brock Armour's like, well, not here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, if the most powerful man at Disney, one of the most powerful companies in the world, can't get this done. He's, he's like, oh, man. He's mm-hmm. like, well... What about Mighty Ducks? I mean, they've they've made those before. He's like, yeah, that's probably why they won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess uh, right before that, uh, uh, he had bought the rights to the life store, the life rights of a hockey player. He couldn't get it done, Jerry mm-hmm. Bruckheimer. So, mm-hmm, wow. like, it's just stuck in these producers' heads of, oh well, it's hockey, so it's a bad movie, yeah. you know, or just things like that, where something fails. It's it's not. Uh, Green Lantern was actually the same way. Like it, mm-hmm. it was originally intended that the Green Lantern movie, even if even if it wasn't well received, that it was a deep enough territory that after that first movie, which they weren't even uh, necessarily expecting it to do well, I think they were expecting it to do what it did. After I heard some stuff afterwards, huh. and they had always planned on doing more, including you know um, anyway, like no matter how well or bad it was received, and like. When it first came out, people were stoked about it. I think all this trash kind of came out later. Like, I remember hearing all kinds of interviews of people being so excited. Yeah, the, the uniforms stunk. I was the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely hated, like, the, the weird uniforms. But hmm. um, but all of a sudden it became, oh, well, it's a Green Lantern movie. Hmm. We probably don't want to do that. And even now, there's the people are excited about Justice League and the possibility of a Green Lantern. But even with those rumors, it was like, uh, I don't know, Green Lantern movie? Yeah, execs in general are just phenomenally risk-averse. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to put their money in on something that they don't think will... It's it's a money game. It's, it's not about creating a good quality piece of entertainment or a you know good movie and i think we've talked about this before but you know they 
they see it as basically investing in something like the stock market. Yeah. I mean, and and that's why we get so many reboots right now and remakes. And is superhero it, movies. Yeah, well... Which is good. I mean... That might be a little bit different. Um, it's a genre but, that's But still, selling. yeah. It's... Uh, well, the re- remakes and reboots, why you get so many of those, right, especially right now, is it's <coughs> automatically got a fan base. So you spend millions of dollars on marketing, and it's a movie nobody knows the concept about. You don't start with a core. So even if you alienate 75% of the original core with, uh, let's talk about the Ghostbusters movie, mm-hmm. uh, where people were like, oh, this doesn't look good. I mean, it wasn't good, but let's just talk about the time period before anybody had actually seen it. Hmm. Shall right? I distract this conversation by <laughs> mentioning that I kind of liked it? Eh. <laughs> That's okay. You, I kind of you, liked it. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, even in that scenario where they probably alienated like 75% of people when it was like, okay, but it's not the original Ghostbusters, it's all women, we're changing everything up, we're trying mm-hmm. to make it more of a concept piece. You've alienated that 75% of the original fans, we'll say, uh, just making up a number. You've still got that 25% base that you're going to make money off of before you start marketing. Mm-hmm. Which is why you get a lot of these remakes and reboots. Yeah. Okay, speaking of remakes and reboots, the XFL is coming back. Have you heard about this? No, what's the news? Um, The XFL, uh, Vince McMahon, owner of WWE, uh, created a football league back in the day. Um, Well, I I know about that. Yeah, I know. I'm just explaining to the the listeners if they don't know. It was very, very gimmicky. And, um, like, he, he has stated now, and it's probably the best time for him to do this. That he's going to uh, reboot the XFL <laughs> without gimmicks, and so it's going to be a serious league that's going to happen in the football off season. Um, and that actually sounds pretty interesting to me. And I like personally seeing, or I would personally like to see competition in that arena, um, professional sports, mm-hmm. mostly, especially for hockey. Like that's that's the biggie for me. Because you see the NHL, Gary Bettman, I still don't understand why he has a job. He basically runs the league, um, just with a lot of decisions he's made. Um, and the ownership is a bunch of good old boys, so they don't want to make uh, any waves or anything like that. You know, they all want to be buddy-buddy, so um, things that could be good for the league don't happen because they don't want to make waves, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Um I mean, they've done some good stuff, as much as I don't like the fact that they've kind of taken out fighting and that sort of stuff out of the league. Um, I, I think that does well for the league as a whole to grow. But a lot of these little rules that they make up and changes that they do, it'd be interesting to see competition come in, and they would probably go a different route with certain rules or different concept, and that could uh, whatever is good between the two would probably leak over to the other want mm. you know um, i see what you mean by competition now. not not uh going back to the fact that you know it's vince mcmahon but uh the best years of wrestling from my understanding are back when he had competition the wcw mm-hmm. and they would do their own thing and wwe would do their own thing and they'd steal people from each other and they'd try to best each other and they'd steal gimmicks from each other and all of a sudden they both were like fun to watch and, and much better companies and Vince will even tell you that mm-hmm. you know those were some of the better years because there was competition and that's why even though he basically has 
uh, professional wrestling now is his. That's kind of why he tries to make his shows at one point kind of battle each other in the hopes of, mm-hmm. you know. So it, to me, it seems pretty cool that the XFL is coming back. So we'll, we'll have a few different teams. Obviously, it won't be on the same level. But mm-hmm. um, and I think I heard a rumor that Cleveland might actually or not Cleveland, Columbus might be getting a team. Ooh. Yeah. Even closer than Cleveland. That's a plus. All right, and I wanted to spend like zero time on those things, just announcing them. The the biggie that I saw this week was Facebook is trying to fix fake news. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I've heard a little bit. And... I I think it's a pretty cool concept. The the way he's going towards this. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us a little more. It's it's basically a rating system in your news feed and how the news feed works. You know, people that you click on things that. Facebook's uh, AI thinks you're most interested in mm-hmm. will show up first in your feed. And so this will rank better uh, ranked um, stories higher. Mm-hmm. Who's doing the ranking? Uh, Facebook's AI. Okay. And I believe you might be involved in it as well, like us looking at said articles. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be... <clears throat> it's The system that they're thinking about is going to involve... Um, let's see here. Uh, look, it's going to be, it's going to get better percentages for your wall or your feed, uh, whether it's local, more legit. And I can't remember the third rating and that's, this is all early stuff anyway. So it's very possible, you know, all that's going to change and they're, they're creating an AI for this and they're trying to keep media people out of it. Like people Mm -hmm. in the news. Which at first I was like, well, why would you do that? And there's many articles out there saying that they're idiots for doing that. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. Because mm-hmm. you've got a third party coming in and saying, all right, this is what legit news is. As opposed to somebody in that world going, well, this, mm-hmm. is, this is legit news. And this is how we do it in that world. And so that's how it should be done. And somebody else coming in and saying, well, this as a consumer is what we're looking at. Yeah. Well, you know, I, we I, don't understand all this background stuff that makes it more legitimate for you, the writer. I feel like that's a yes and no kind of thing. Yeah. Because on the on the one hand, you know, you do need some um, with with a lot of institutions like that. You do need some outside third party um, that's capable of um, looking at it without you know some incentive to to let things slide or to um, you know uh, to or with with some you know even unacknowledged. Um, subconscious kind of bias uh but on the other hand um you don't want your your doctors to be overseen by plumbers you know you don't want your doctors being evaluated by plumbers you want them being evaluated by someone who knows something about you know the practice of medicine and the business of actually making yeah, people but this healthy is a little bit different than doctors mm-hmm. and plumbers well it, it is and first little... of all what's wrong with plumbers what are you trying to say about plumbers first of all i'm trying to say like, they're not doctors. a plumber can go in there and be like well did it fix what what the problem was yes or no okay we're good <laughs> <laughs> or no well then mm-hmm. fix it <laughs> well I, I guess what i'm saying is that there's a season with that there's one, a but... there's a seesaw kind of thing going on here and you're yeah. trying to find the balance you know you're trying you're trying to balance out you know good journalism without bias coming from you know, either the unwashed masses or the institutions themselves, you know. And I, and a lot of it comes from, like, it, it believing that it's a trusted source, like maybe the, the Wall Street Journal versus Joe Schmo uh, on 3rd Street. 
mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. Uh, it just seems like a really cool concept. And I think it's cool that they're, they're stepping up and doing this. And maybe it's a lot of because of these Russian ads and I'm and just imagining about this guy named Joe Schmo on Third Street in Tennessee shutting off our podcast right now. <laughs> How dare they? We love you, Joe Schmo. Please listen to our podcast and share it with all your friends. Um, we yeah, he stopped listening. Why are you even bothering? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We lost him. That's just we're gonna have to take that one. <laughs> Um, but like, uh, a lot of the rating is going to come from people looking at it, um, and rating it from that, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then also just like, yeah, like the, uh, the legit source mm-hmm. and also local. Yeah. Well, they do, they do need, they certainly need some way of dealing with that problem. And I guess we'll see how this works. And, and, and like I was kind of saying, can... I, I'm surprised they're doing this and I mean, I, I guess it's, it's a good step and it's something that I think was needed, but let's, I mean, it's Facebook, like it's a social media platform. Mm-hmm. At what point is this Facebook's fault? As far as I'm concerned, none. Mm. Like it's people going on there and companies going on there and sharing stuff and people taking it seriously. Like that's the problem with social media. Maybe I should back off and we can do an episode on social media mm-hmm. because it's like I'm just going to post this on social media and post my feelings and that's it and then people blow up about it. It's like, you know, I just I'm sorry. I I thought my Whopper had not enough cheese. Cheese, guys. Like mm-hmm. why why are there 45 comments on here about how I'm the devil and the antichrist? That escalated really quickly. I'm sorry. I just like cheese. Well, I think when Facebook is profiting off of this stuff and their advertisers are advertising, you know, this, that, and the other, targeting very specific people to try to get them to go on to sites such as, you know, news sources of questionable repute or, you know, Right, but we're on a site that, that does this and we're on the internet. And at this point, as younger people, we know this, and maybe it's just the older generations that are flipping out about it. That's not true. The younger generation is too. Yeah. But the younger generation specifically is going on there with full knowledge that that's what's going on. But all of a sudden, they're not using the filter of their knowledge that none of this is real, to use your term. Yeah. <laughs> you know? None of this is real. Yeah, I, I, I can't help but, you know... As I'm as I'm pointing that finger, I can't help having you know three fingers and possibly a thumb pointing back at me, because I spend too much time on Facebook too, and Twitter and garbage this and whatever that. Ah, uh, all of us are human. All of us are fallen. We need salvation from social media. <laughs> Speaking of which, Christian props. Well, but. I I do have a science news that is Facebook related, so maybe oh, we should bounce into let's that. Let's do that. Okay, why yeah. not? Um, yeah, mine was uh, actually talking about Facebook's changes to its newsfeed algorithm to prioritize communication and posts from friends and family, which is kind of related to them dealing with the fake news kind of thing. Yeah, they, they dropped the, uh, the news percentage like one what was it 0.01 percent or um i don't know the exact figures but they made they made some adjustments i can't Um, remember if it went from 0.5 percent to 0.4 percent or 0.05 percent to 0.04 percent which apparently 
from what I was reading, is a huge drop. Mm-hmm. Which to see that small of a percentage be like, oh, that's huge. Yeah, well, <laughs> you when know? you multiply it by a large number, there's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I like that idea. I really like that idea um, because I used to, you know, I, my sense of Facebook is that it's, and my, my past experiences with it, is that they used to be a really positive way of connecting um, people with each other, me and my friends, and staying in touch with old friends from college and whatnot. And, you know, to see what looks like it could be a move back in that direction. Um, Facebook as more of a forum for communication, talking, and really connecting with people on a personal level. Um, I think that's got some really cool potential. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little wary, as I believe one should be, but, uh, on the whole, you know, I was glad to hear that and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like that. I, you know, the biggest frustration of mine is on uh, Facebook when you can't click and just have it go to, uh, forget their, their algorithms. I just want the newest post first. Mm-hmm. And that the fact that I can't get anything to automatically have that come up, which mm-hmm. uh, they want their advertisers' monies and yep. that sort of thing. Yep. Going back to that, hold on. I'm still frustrated about that just because, like, I can understand maybe taking down an advertiser, but advertising on Facebook or anything else, like, that's, that's marketing 101. Like, business ethics isn't... Hey, here's what's ethical. It's here's what you can legally get away with. And mm-hmm. here's the line that you shouldn't cross for legal reasons. So we're surprised when we feel lied to by these ads. These ads aren't necessarily telling us the truth or it's a gray area or leads us to believe because that's what marketing is. Yeah. And we're mad at Facebook because there's marketing involved, basically. <laughs> Yeah. For I doing guess, what marketing does. I guess we need to reevaluate our idea of what Facebook is and view it more like television or more like, you know, these these media in which things like that happen. I I think you're right. I I mean, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just that's going yeah. over and over in my head just how are we mad at them for marketing doing what marketing does? Yeah. You know, it's, that's it's, cool. They can stop marketing, stay, stop making money. And then, you know, Facebook will be what it is until it gets a virus and then they won't make it anymore. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's cool. But like, like you, I, I like having it around to be able to send messages to people and connect to different people. Um, for the group things like our game all communicates mm-hmm. with uh, a group chat on Facebook messenger yeah. Um, Discord's great for that now too, but um, I guess we can talk more about that kind of stuff in a few minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, my science news. Uh, Got to scroll down to my science news. So we lost a satellite. We lost a satellite. Yeah, long time ago. Um, and so this is really science olds. Yes, science olds. That's not the new part. Uh, uh, the Image Satellite, um, NASA's imager for uh, Magnapause to Aurora Global Exploration Image. 
their <laughs> image satellite was lost back in 2005. Now I forget the date. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2005. And it's been lost. Yeah, it was left for dead in 2005. And it's like a $150 million mission that the satellite just kind of blot out. Huh. Well, uh, an astronomer, uh, an amateur astronomer actually found it and got communications from it. And they're looking to revive the mission like um, uh, at NASA now because of that. How cool is that? Like oh, he's wow. actually, I guess in his spare time, this, this sounds like, uh, so there's a story of, I'm going to have to go back to my high school experience. Uh, one of my high school teachers used to be in the CIA. And um, just super smart guy and loved science. And like uh, he kind of felt like he did all he could over in the CIA and was like, all right, what can I do? Well, I love science. Let's go teach science. Like um, I believe he was the chemistry teacher. And like just insanely intelligent dude, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And one day one of uh, my classmates actually went to him. Like uh, he, he loves astronomy and stars and stuff. And so he sat down on a hill one night and stayed up all night and tracked the satellites and started realizing what satellites were what, mapped them, and he found like two satellites Ooh. that um, were not on any maps. <laughs> <laughs> like there were there were two spy satellites he, he discovered while looking up at the stars. And the professor mm-hmm. looks at him and goes, don't tell anybody this, or the, <laughs> the teacher, you don't want anybody yeah. else to know this. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, but um, this guy and and I say that story just because that immediately entered into my thought process when um, the guy's name is Scott Tilly that dis- uh, found it. He spends his free time um, looking for and finding uh, radio signals and following them from spy satellites, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was searching Earth's high orbit or evidence of Zuma which is a classified U.S. satellite that uh, has believed to have failed after launch. And he ended up actually finding this satellite instead, and now NASA's all excited, and they're trying to... Uh, they started digging up in their archives, like, old program data from it or whatever, and they believe, like, um, it may have rebooted itself after... Um, like, it's programmed to reboot, I think, after it loses all of its power. Uh, its batteries died, and then the solar panels... Uh, will kick on and regenerate more power and charge the batteries or something. And it's, it's built to do that every so often. And they think maybe what had happened, that's what had happened was during, um, this would be the second reboot. And mm-hmm. during the first, nothing happened during this one. It may have rebooted and something's kind of come back online that they can work with now. That's just pretty cool that, well, not the whole losing of a satellite, but like they're dredging up all this old data now and trying to communicate with it. And it's just some, some dude that, you know, has an antenna that mm-hmm. was looking around for signals found and kind of communicated with a, a satellite that's been missing for what seventeen years now. Yep, average twelve years saving the day. All right, so Christian props. Yep, I have got some of those. Go for it. And I wanted to to put uh, the Babylon B on the list again. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, they had some really good stuff this week. I just want to read some headlines. Uh, report. Nicholas Cage plotted to steal Declaration of Independence during government shutdown. I saw that one. That was <laughs> hilarious. 
and uh, Kirk Cameron to star in new Jason Bourne film, Born Again. I saw that, and <laughs> I wanted to cry. Man who absolutely trashed Obama for eight years calls for utmost respect for President Trump. I saw that one. Yep. So, I mean, it's... Uh, one, I, I don't understand that one, though. Like, that's that's been legit news stories <laughs> ever since uh, President Trump yeah. took power. Um, what... What do you mean? Like, I've seen, like, legitimate news sources do basically that article where mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, all these Trump supporters are mad at, at Obama supporters when they're like, we supported Obama and weren't as angry as you guys. And they're like, hey, uh, do you remember his first months in power? Let's talk about these stories. Well, we, we didn't do that wholeheartedly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> every, every side has its hypocrites. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. I don't know. I mean, for for quite some time, I saw that yeah. that article showing up. Sorry, that genre of article showing up. I should say. Yeah, I guess I just like that the Babylon Bee. You know, even with a conservative Christian bent, um, is still not afraid to take the kid gloves off and be an equal opportunity snarker. You know. Yeah, I appreciate that about it. There's some there's integrity there. In addition to really funny headlines. <laughs> Wait, we're calling this integrity? Sure it's integrity. <laughs> integrity can be whatever we want it to be. Oh, okay, sweet. I have tons of that then. <laughs> if we're going with that definition. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I also wanted to give out... Um, and This is, this is going to be a kind of weird one. But uh, I wanted to give out Christian props to... Uh, the pastor at my local church, Stephen Kirk. Um, I go to Hope uh, Church uh, here in the, I guess, suburbs north of Cincinnati or thereabouts. And uh, this, just in today's sermon, you know, I probably wouldn't have, um, like, if if we'd recorded the podcast yesterday, I wouldn't have had the chance to to mention this. But uh, Pastor Kirk's been talking about the Book of Esther. And today he was talking about how, on the whole, it's really a story where it goes from sort of a a no-hope situation to God actually breaking through um, and, you know, restoring hope. Like, if Esther, if God hadn't put Esther in the situation that she, and the position in the king's palace where um, she was, then she wouldn't have had the the clout with the king and the opportunity to actually stop Haman's plot of killing all the Jews. And if all the Jews had died, we wouldn't have Jesus Christ and like the human race would be up a creek without a paddle. And uh, Pastor Kirk was talking about sort of that overarching meta-narrative and tying it back into... I just bumped the table, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> uh, but... Um, that's, you know, he, he was talking about how we are in, in spaces like that in our lives at times. And he was talking about the points where as, as he described it, you're just praying to God and crying out, you know, beyond the usual sort of conversations we have, just crying out to God, where the hell are you? And he actually said that from the pulpit and went on to say that, you know, if you've never really been at that moment, like, that's the place where the rubber meets the road in your faith. 
um, I thought it was a really, like, I, I was shocked at first, I gotta admit, but I thought it was a really powerful sermon, and um, it's cool to hear stuff like that, that kind, that level of honesty. Okay. Uh, sorry, I thought you had had more there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's hard to know when I'm ending, when I go <laughs> on a, you know, a long kind of monologue like that. But, uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's it. <laughs> no, I mean, could, props to them. There's a lot of uh, harder topics that a lot of pastors are afraid or just don't want to talk about and deal with. And, and don't. Because um, they don't necessarily have to. Um. All right, I I wanted to bring up the Church of Iran just because um, it's a um, <clears throat> excuse me Islamic uh, Republic of Iran, um, you know Islamic mm-hmm. right there in the name, uh, and they um, recently just there's so much stuff I don't know if you know about the riots and the protests and whatnot and like lots and lots of people have been um, arrested. Uh, they're not happy with their government. People have died in clashes against the police in these protests. I think uh, uh, last count I saw, and this could be really old, but at least 21 people had, have died from those clashes. I mean, could you imagine 21 people in our country dying wow. from uh, a protest? It's a lot of people. I mean... <clears throat> Just one person dying is a lot of people. But yeah. That's... I mean, our country, speaking of which, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, I shouldn't. This is something very different. But mm-hmm. they still don't have powers down south. Like, there's still, like, 450,000 people without power after the hurricane. Uh, do you mean in uh, Puerto Rico? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the, yeah. the like place that's... that's part of our nation Yeah. that we don't hear on the news and we should be hearing a lot more of. Could you imagine 450,000 people here in Ohio without that power? power. And we haven't heard about that until, like, this week. Like, what the heck is going on down there that part of the U.S. is without power? Yeah, like... For, this is how many months? At least four months now? I don't know about the the long-term history of Puerto Rico, but it really seems like right now we are treating them as second-class citizens, which is not cool. Like, what in the world? Like, uh, I need to research on... What whining needs to be done to get yeah. something, get them help? I mean, granted, there was a vote, I think, back in the 90s where they took two votes. Do we want to become a state? And the vote was wholeheartedly no. Um, we want to stay uh, where we are as a territory. But then uh, there was also a second vote, secondary vote that said, basically, if we were forced to lose our U.S. territory status or become a state, what should you, you do? And it was wholeheartedly, oh, we want to become a state. Yep. So, um, That's their plan B. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they as being a territory, they don't have as many, I don't want to say rights, but as many advantages, maybe, mm-hmm. is a better term. Um, but really? Yeah. Sorry, off topic, and just that I read that uh, yesterday. That's been a huge frustration of mine. Anyhow, Church of Iran <laughs> and all their protests. A lot of people are um, starting to convert over there and go to the churches and whatnot because of um, just the disarray over there and them looking for hope and trying to 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 uh, figure out what's going on and just the dissatisfaction with their life and the, the non-answers that their their religion is giving them mm-hmm. and turning over to Christianity, which um, 
<laughs> with the, the the bigger numbers coming through, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to that state that's already in such turmoil. Mm-hmm. So uh, continue to pray for them. Mm-hmm. All right, now that I sidetracked that one, uh, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Who's doing it wrong this week? Oh, man. So, everything's the Antichrist. I just want to go with that, since we've been (laughs) talking about the internet. Like, that's always... It seems like the the, the escalation that we have on the internet... Mm -hmm. um, This is going to be good. ...is... Well, you disagree with me? You know who else disagrees with me? Hitler. (laughs) You must be Hitler. You know, like bringing up Hitler and I feel like Godwin's law, you know, and I feel like that's, that's the Christian answer. Well, I don't agree with president Trump, so he must be the antichrist and the same people. I mean, there's people that weren't the same people, I guess, but the same people go, Oh, I don't agree with Obama. He's the antichrist, you know, or, Mm -hmm. or I don't agree with this guy. He's the, we throw out the antichrist like, Oh man, like it's Hitler. I don't know. Like, it's ridiculous to the point of, I mean, we're going to continue to do it. Like, let's be honest. But, I mean, in the Bible, there's there's kind of two different antichrists in the Bible. Well, plural to me. Mm-hmm. There's the antichrist that, that's talked about. But then there's the other ones that are already mentioned that are mentioned in the Bible. It's like, you guys keep looking for the antichrist. Let me tell you, there's many of them that have already come and gone. Yep. Like, I, I believe that was that term was meant more for, and I think it's why it's ignored much mm-hmm. more than the other the the main we'll, we'll call it capital and lowercase even though that's not the the way the Bible classifies yeah. is, classifies it but you know the lowercase version you know it gets ignored a little bit more because he was trying to make a point of you're looking for this one thing and you're missing the people lying to you that are sitting right next to you or you know whatever yeah. he's you know trying to to make a point there but. You know, we, we try to use the capital in everyday life of, oh, I believe he's the Antichrist. Yeah. As a Christian, I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and going back to the lowercase example, you know, where you guys are looking for the, the uppercase so much, you're missing, you know, what you're doing and what yeah. your neighbors are doing. And, ah, uh, so tired of the, oh, that's the Antichrist. Like, the stop whining about it. Revelations is very clear. They're going to know when he does the abomination yep. and then everyone's gonna be like oh sh- uh, sh- I, um, that's him run that is exactly what it says in in revelation word for word you can you can read i the can't Bible. believe you got the ebity abidias right <laughs> <laughs> oh that actually does sound like something out of greek <laughs> <laughs> So maybe, (laughs) I mean, realistically, I can't say you're doing it wrong. Stop. Because it's not going to happen. But maybe tone it down, please. (laughs) Maybe just dial it back a little. It makes us look so bad. It makes us look like that guy on the internet that's constantly going, oh, you're Hitler. (laughs) You're just like Hitler. Oh, really? When did I open up these camps? When did I start ruling a country? When did I? No, I don't think I'm just like Hitler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, so that's, that's a weird place to go on Holocaust Remembrance Day. I wait, is it? Um, it was either today or yesterday. What? So, 
Yeah. Well, I, I did not remember that, so I apologize for my slightly less than um, <laughs> properly remembering remarks. And, hey, there's the Ash Apologizes yeah. segment coming back. We're, we're hitting all the bases apologizes. today. <laughs> all right, so the meat. Let's get meaty. Om noms. All right, so video games. Video games is what we're talking about today. And this is kind of a weird one to be to be broaching like we talk about video games a lot here on christian rebellion because we love them well you talk about watching video games do you actually play them no i don't <laughs> just kidding <laughs> so so am i but almost not like all good jokes it's got a grain of truth to it like about the only video games i play anymore are axiom verge and minecraft <laughs> but uh like video games i you know i grew up with them um loved them and like it's not so it's not so obvious on the other hand how they like how how they relate to christianity and how um like how we can be christian game players you know what i mean yeah like um with with tabletop role playing games there's there's the opportunity for story and interaction with people and things like that and but with video games it's like you know it's a game you might as you might as well ask how do i um you know how how do i play a board game in a christian way <laughs> or solitaire how do, what what does christian solitaire look like because not all of these are multiplayer games you know um what what are your thoughts on that question well in the first person shooter realm i just hide in a corner and pray on my knees or you know in the game it's just crouch and uh for the salvation of the people that are dying why <laughs> well that sounds a lot like uh like me playing first person shooters but not so, not so <laughs> not much, so much for... their salvation as just let me live this exactly <laughs> my, hiding in the corner is a tactical move for me right, it doesn't work well <laughs> <laughs> i should probably abandon that strategy oh man garbage so uh random thought <laughs> there was uh different ais that you could put on perfect dark back in the day this is mm-hmm. n64 days um and you could have tell it this bot's going to be super aggressive or this bot's going to go with this tactic or this bot which not many video games like that was pretty progressive for its time and Mm -hmm. not many video games that i know of or if any actually at this point uh you can program the ai like that they just kind of have their in general ai there was one called turtle that drove me insane that they would hide and you couldn't ever find them and then when you did it was just like oh there's somebody behind beside me oh i'm dead (laughs) yeah (laughs) Like, it'd be uneasy, and it would just... I'd never find it, but the one time that I did, it would just rock me. <laughs> yeah, Turtle's a punk. Uh, uh, camping's a legitimate strategy. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the... Um, there's the social angle of these games. Like, yeah. getting together um, your buddies for a video game night. Um, it's a way of connecting with people. And, you know, the... Like playing online with strangers can, with with your with the mic on and the headset and everything, can can be such a foul wade through the muck experience that I don't know. There's it seems to me like I don't do a lot of that. Uh, I don't really do any of that, but it seems like that's an opportunity to you know, kind of be be the light, not be one of these jerks that's spouting insults and making the experience a garbage experience for everybody else 
I mean, that would that's definitely a great strategy in that realm. Um, because you don't find that often. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly it's, oh, you're a garbage player. Oh, how dare you do that garbage move? Oh, just uninstall the game. Wait, that's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't do that. Usually it's like, oh, I'm garbage. Oh, I should just uninstall yeah. this game. <laughs> I love how garbage is our go-to word to fill in for the other sorts of things these people say. Actually, what's funny was I was actually thinking the word garbage because I had somebody call me that one day. <laughs> Instead of shooting, I accidentally zoomed in. <laughs> it's a, nowhere near where I needed to shoot when I zoomed in. The guy was like right in front of me. Whoops. The guy watching my screen, because uh, my whole team was dead except for me. I think I was turtling that round. <laughs> You're garbage. <laughs> uh, this this reminds me of a time that uh, my friend Jason, I think he was playing one of the Half-Lives. He's, he's a big Half-Life guy. Um, he threw... Oh, no, it... Um, this would have been uh, would have been Team Fortress because it's got the different character classes, but um, he uh, flung a he flung a grenade at um, at one of his enemies, and he watches the guy look down at the grenade, <laughs> look up, and the guy hits the key for the voice command, and the guy goes medic, <laughs> the grenade explodes. <laughs> it's the most beautifully coordinated thing. Uh, that needs to be on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I wish I'd been there to see it. I don't know. I mean, the the video game community is uh, an interesting community with, like, um, so many different aspects. Like, we... I tend not to play... I play a lot of first-person shooters. um, Mm -hmm. But, like, I tend to play with people I know in in real life. Like, if I get friend requests from people that aren't... um, just random people that that thought I was good and around or you know thought I was courteous or whatever the reason was um I tend not to accept those friend requests I tend to only play with people that I know in real life um Mm -hmm. the only other people that I I might uh for a while defiance when I was playing that um that was my life (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I joined a guild and I would friend the people and talk with the people in the guild um or like a friend of a friend situation like a lot of these I play overwatch right now and I've got a couple of in real life buddies, IRL. Um, I say that because mm-hmm. I'm probably going to start saying IRL accidentally because I do that a lot. Um, but I have these uh, friends in real life that you know they've got these buddies that they met online. Or, I like the term meet college, by the way. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, the buddies, the, yeah. the meeting. You know, and uh, I won't necessarily send out the friend request first to these people that I'm. You know, I might not even be playing with my buddy in real life. Uh, just these people, um, just because we're in the same chat room on uh, now uh, Discord. But mm-hmm. um, for me, it's those relationships just aren't as real as um, the relationships where you see people in real life and you work with them or hang out with them or whatever. So that ministry space there is still a bit uh, disconnected with me. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, and I. I think I've always, like, I've, I felt a stronger connection with the friends that I would see at school and then invite over and we'd go over to each other's houses and play video games with, you know, right there. And even if one of us was playing a one-player game, it suddenly became a communal experience where we're we're hanging out, we're talking, we're running around exploring and being like, oh, I, there wasn't, wasn't there a place that you could go now that you got that power up, you know, Metroid kind of thing. Like, 
enriching even the one player experience by getting together and doing it together actually i mean i there's there's always the opportunity for ministry though now that i'm uh really thinking like a story just popped into my head uh when i was in high school uh, i had a computer class i don't even remember what the computer class was i just remember getting in a lot of trouble um in that <laughs> class because uh, i'd get the work done and then yeah. off. i found a, a game site that i could get on and play some games on and the the teacher was on like this hot this desk that was like super high so he could look out and see everybody's stuff and he was literally right behind me he knew what i was doing and the guy next to me was doing all day which was not the homework because it was already done and it was super easy class for us and we had a sub come in one day and get on us for being on there we're like we're on this every day it's cool he thinks it's cool and the sub was like oh okay and i guess the sub left a note and like uh me and the other guy got in trouble like how dare you tell him that you're doing this every day and i'm like there's no way you don't notice this yeah <laughs> anyhow i was on on he got mad at you for not playing the meta game right i don't know man it, like <laughs> i didn't know i was not supposed to say what was obvious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um I remember now. Don't ask, don't tell. Uh, it that game had like a chat system in it. Um, it was, I can't even remember what website it was. It was a group of games that you could play. Mm -hmm. uh, any of the different games, and there's one I found um, really confusing but really fun. And I remember talking to a girl and randomly getting onto uh, our faith, and I believe um, from our conversation just in that one. No, there were two days, and that those two days that I knew her. Um, Mm -hmm. I had helped her faith and something might have happened where it wasn't, but she was questioning her faith and thinking she wasn't going to go that, uh, the Christian route. And I talked her out of it, I believe, you know, mm -hmm. it seemed like, and, um, just, I mean, even in that random meetup, you can, you can do some kind of witnessing. So, I mean, I guess maybe just like everyday life, you know, your, your faith isn't something to be on the back burner. You yeah. Know? As, when you're cognizant of like how God might be moving, even as you're shooting each other, yeah, you know, th cool things can happen like that. And another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is a weird thing to talk about, is the the question of how how would one make like what <clears throat> what sort of games are Christians making? And because you know people don't really advertise their faith and and you know the games like um i just keep i can't i can't avoid talking about it i can't help but think about those games by wisdom tree for the nes like do as you far as i'm concerned those are by far the best christian games made to date mm -hmm. some of the like the <clears throat> moses game Moses. Mm -hmm. uh, what was Noah? It? Did you know Moses and Noah were two different people? <laughs> the one where you ran around the forest and had to grab two of the same kind of animal. And what was the bird? There was a bird that would always fly down and attack you. You'd have to, like, throw something at it and mm -hmm. knock it out and try to grab it and bring it back to the ark before it woke up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hated that bird. Just wanted to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need that for... Uh repopulating the, <laughs> the earth's ecology will be just fine without that, that guy bird's a jerk he ain't <laughs> <Yeah>. coming <laughs> he doesn't okay fine good luck in your own yeah. sucker <laughs> he doesn't deserve to get on the ark yeah those i i enjoyed those too you know like the the play control was a little squirrely but i that was every nes game though 
Uh, Mario 3 was pretty spot okay, on. Okay, yeah. You know. I mean, for the... Uh, the Mega Man games as well. Yeah. I mean, there were there were hits and misses. I, I feel like most games, there were there were misses. Like, the technology isn't what it is now. Yeah. For there sensitivity. Was, there and, was a lot of control refinement that's... And accuracy, you know, we'll say. Programming. Um, but those... Those Wisdom Tree games, like, that's that's so weird because most people like look down on them, and and yet you know I, um, it wasn't so long ago that I watched uh, PB and Jeff, uh, two um, YouTube Let's Players, play through the Bible Adventures games by Wisdom Tree at Christmas time, and <laughs> I I definitely recommend that. It was hilarious watching them play through this, um, just. The, there are parts in it that are hard for no reason, you know, like yeah. just just like the platforming and the squirrely controls don't make for high precision jumping and stuff. And exactly, back to the, the hassle with of the NES, yeah. hassle of carrying baby Moses everywhere. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do I do recommend that stuff. Um, and PB and Jeff are also a uh, the rare incident of a clean pair of Let's Players. You know, yeah, not swearing on their, oh, that's on their cool. videos and stuff. Um, but I'm not I gonna lie, even if I had a Twitch or <laughs> one of those Let's Play or whatever, I'm pretty sure I would start cussing up a storm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that makes me want to cuss more than turning that same corner and that same guy shooting me in the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I know he's right there. I got him this time. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. This time I've got him. Nope. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like I, I try not to, but uh, there's nothing that makes me want to cuss more than video mm-hmm. games, man. Yeah, you probably shouldn't live stream. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you should, you know, pre-record it and upload it to YouTube. <laughs> Add in the beeps. Yes, <laughs> and yes. the mouth blur. <laughs> Censor it afterwards. I don't know. Uh, there's not much of that on Twitch that I know of. That could become popular and really funny. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beep 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 beep. That beep 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 beep. <laughs> Yeah. What is that? That's like the Five Iron song where the guy was just talking and random yeah. beeps were going in there where some place was like, ooh, he could have said a dirty <laughs> word. I'm sure he didn't there, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or there was, I think there was an SNL skit where somebody was randomly doing the bleep button and he's like, I didn't even bleeping say something bad. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a joke in the IT crowd where uh, there... Um, where someone is bleeping out uh, swear words, like there's there's actually, you know, standing by the the business the high business executives, there's someone with the bleep <laughs> button, and then then the guy is like a second late on one of them, and this the swear word actually comes out, and the guy gets fired or something like that. <laughs> but uh, that that's getting off the topic of video games. Like, did you ever play the um the the MMORPG? Base, uh, left behind based no. MMORPG. The description sounded really cool, but um, it got horrid reviews, so oh. I had no interest in it. But didn't want to like, take the risk. Yeah, that's like the most recent Christian game that I even know of, and that was that could have even been a decade ago. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's hard to do. Like, you know, I could as a developer, I couldn't even imagine, um, like how I would make a good, overtly Christian game. Like, you know, even if I were programming an RPG, like, I could work in 
ideas of Christian principles, Christian virtues, Christian morality, like forgiveness and and whatnot, into the story, um, and make a, a battle system that doesn't make every every encounter a kill all the enemies bloodbath like most RPGs. You know, encourage um, diplomatic options in there as well as the usual fight commands and whatnot. But like, just the challenge of doing that seems so insurmountable to me you know just like the staring up a sheer wall and it's like how do i climb this yeah i mean uh with the uh the media stuff that we do and and just the stuff that i've i've thought of trying to do and projects i've written down and would love to do video game arena has never ever entered my mind just because like i can there's no good concept concepts that i've ever come up with where it's like oh that should be a video game Mm-hmm. The closest I can come up with is my buddy wanted to create Mr. Nice Guy after uh, uh-huh. GTA 3 or 4 came out. He's like, all right, it's going to be in the GTA system. And, you know, you, you can still get all these different cars. You can go around and, you know, get get whatever you want. It's big, open world. And you just go around and do nice things for people <laughs> instead of killing the people on the streets. And, you know, and it's like, oh, this guy wants me to drive his ice cream truck around. And, you know, I got to go find yeah. an ice cream truck or something. It sounded hilarious yeah. and that seems like one of those games where if you made it intentionally cheesily bad in the gta <laughs> world people would absolutely love it oh that would be that's got some real comedy potential yeah it does uh, i mean i've always thought that was I'd a genius a idea when he first said it, i was like well here comes one of his dumb ideas oh that's fantastic <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy, I could get on board with that. Right? But, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, just no no good no I'd, good Christian game. I mean... I'd like to like, see it happen, you know? Yeah, like, there's everything that's overtly, those overtly Christian, like, just it's nothing but Christian, which mm-hmm. I think would kind of ruin a game. Like, again, those those Wisdom Tree things weren't bad yeah. at all. Those and the one where Super Noah's Ark was just a you know super nintendo reskin of doom like even down to the level designs i didn't even know about that that's funny yeah um, but like uh, my concept of media is you know we want it it's there for entertainment i mean that's the the plan x media statement that we've got you know we want to create media and we want to do it right and we want to do it without uh compromising what people are coming to it for which is the entertainment value that's yeah. why we love media and so um you know, if we're being preachy the entire time, is it really entertainment? You know, yeah. I mean, that's the let's talk Star Wars for a minute. Seventy-five percent of people choose the dark side. You know, if it's a game where you can be light side or dark side, it's like, oh, I'm going to the dark side. You know, and yeah, because it's it's not this world. You know, um, so we're going to do it differently than this world. Um, so. Even if you play the dark side, though, I mean, there's there's ministry opportunity with your friends. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, with uh, tabletop gaming, like we talked about, you know, yeah. creating those relationships, you know, um, the me helping that girl was probably a fluke. Hasn't happened before or since then. But, you know, just being the people we are, we um, and taking our faith seriously and being the people that God wants us to be, we might not even be talking about um, our faith. You know, mm-hmm. they might just see it. I, I don't recommend being one of those people that's like, oh, well, I'm never going to talk about my faith. They'll just know there's something different about me. Well, you know, yeah, different story. But um, I know I had a friend that, that wouldn't be alive today if he didn't, um, uh, if I hadn't called him when I did. 
you know, we talked about something completely different, not, not faith-based or anything. And, um, you know, so you never know how God's going to use you. So these conversations that we have in these, um, these games that are, that are (laughs) insanely Mm. social now, like the, the big problem that parents had with video games when they came out was, Oh, they're they're gonna be stuck in their rooms. They're not gonna talk to anybody, and everybody's gonna be antisocial with this next generation. The extreme opposite has happened, you know, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's all the thoughts that I've really got on video games. Um, how, how about you? I mean, don't don't get too angry with the youth in in your uh your church if they want to have a halo tournament i'm just saying <laughs> i'm sorry uh, yeah i had some kids try to do that once and those the board like came down on them so hard and they were like you asked us to do something to bring kids in well we didn't expect this <laughs> yeah oh man like the kid ooh, careful what you ask for it that hurt the mm-hmm. the youth and their, their relationship with the church um but no, not really. I mean, just again, going back to the <laughs> the way we end every week, Jackson, and that's love each other. Love, love yep. that gamer that just shot you in the head every time you came around the same stupid corner doing the same <laughs> tactic thinking, oh, it'll be different this time. Yeah. I'm going to go see if I can find him. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to work this time. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, but, you know, that's the rebellion of love, rebellion of, of, uh, the state of our thinking the rebellion of our heart just just love on one another even if you don't know them you know uh, just let it roll off your shoulder uh when when they come and yep and attack you uh verbally and call you hitler the antichrist because you were the one that was waiting in that corner for them to come around <laughs> yeah. or whatever you know uh yep just love people yeah love people when you're playing games with them just love them all right, well, I'm Ash Green. And I'm Jackson Farrell. And if you want to catch up with us, our uh, Twitter account is Christ underscore Rebel, or you can email us at ChristianRebellion at PlanXMedia.net. Yep, and be sure to read my blog, Chocolate Book, at uh, ChocolateBook.net. Uh, there's chocolate, there's the Bible, it's a good time. Plugging my stuff. Yeah, and be sure to eat some chocolate while reading it so you feel like, you know, it, it yeah, all it's a vicarious a unity experience. Exactly. So... We'll see you next podcast. All right.